Hello, everyone. Welcome to the official Outlander podcast. I'm Matt Roberts, writer and producer, executive producer. Jeez, I almost forgot my title. Um, welcome back. We are here for episode 707, A Practical Guide for Time Travelers. So one of the one of the big things in this section of the story was finding a place um, that looks and feels like upstate New York. So Saratoga. Um, and we knew we were going to do um, two battles because there's two battles of Saratoga. And I was almost positive that when we plan this episode, you 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 know that there's going to be um, a want. Jamie and Claire, Claire are our main characters, obviously, and they were uh, through scheduling issues, and we were still dealing with quite a bit of COVID at this time. In the sense that, if one person got it, it you could you could literally shut us down. And we had um, a few uh, uh, of the actors, uh, not necessarily our leads or anything, but our actors um, get COVID. And it threw, um, we had to wait until they came out of, you know, a quarantine. And it threw a lot of scheduling around, certainly right in this area. So we had to do some juggling around. And um, we also knew that we had this other big storyline to tell, which is of course the, um, uh, the Roger and Bree in the modern era. Uh, so in the book, it's, uh, around 1980. And we knew that we had to tell that story and we had to get a big chunk of it going because of the mid season break. Um, and we couldn't leave it in completely to, episode nine or 10 or 11. So we had to get it really started. And this is what happened, what you saw in, in episode seven. And uh, it's always a balance, you know, when you're in the writer's room and, and you're looking at these massive books and you're pulling out story and you think, you know, what, what to tell, what not to tell, you know, we're, we're dealing with living and breathing human beings who are the actors and the crew and, you know, as much as, you know, you could say, all right, we want, you know, Jamie in every scene or you want Claire in every scene, but well, we just can't do that. So we knew that in this section, we were going to break the story down. And this was going to be uh, episode seven, hence with the title, A Practical Guide to Time Travelers, which literally tells you what story is going to be told in this episode. Um, and uh, it was going to be heavy with the Roger Bree and the Buck story. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, um, Rob Cameron as well. So knowing that we wanted to have a little, a little balance, we wanted a little bit of, uh, Jamie and Claire, and that's setting them off to go to, um, Saratoga and going into the battle. And, uh, we were really, you know, excited about what comes. And I, and I think that's always so you know that the instant gratification you we can't put everything into every episode as much as you want to you can't and i and i know that sometimes that's hard to uh, digest uh, like why don't we get everything we want all the time well there goes that's life in a weird way and and if outlander isn't a great metaphor for life you know i don't know what is because so many things happen to these characters that whether it happens in the 1700s or 2022 you know it 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 still you know applies all the feelings all the all the things we go through all the things they go through we still go through so in in trying to balance this this episode, it is balanced very heavily towards Roger and Bree's story, and that was planned. 
And it was also planned for a lot of multiple reasons, but we had un, unforeseen things happen to us during shooting. Like I said, there were some scheduling things. Um, it, it's, it's not always apparent when you watch an episode, I know from seasons past, people go, why didn't they just do this? And we get that question, you know, over the course of the years, I get that question quite a bit. And I said, you know, during the podcast this year, I was going to try to answer questions that have come up in the past and apply them to this, um, to the season. And one of the questions is why we choose certain scenes or certain storylines and why we do the things we do. And, and, and a lot of it is, uh, has to do with actor availabilities, um, location of, you know, availabilities. We don't have access to everything all the time. And um, so we have to plan, of course, ahead. And we knew also that we were going to have an episode, 16 episode season that we're filming together. They may not actually be airing, you know, they might be airing in two separate uh 7A and 7B, but we filmed them all together. And that means people are working nonstop from when we start until uh, until we wrap. And what we learned the hard way in season one was 16 is a lot in the type of show we have. And, and as you can see, you know, episode seven really is in a totally different place than episode one and episode two was different and episode three was it we move around a lot on uh, and that means we don't have a lot of permanent sets and we have a lot of different locations it's a road show it's always been a road show we have these little moments you know the first seven episodes in season one took place predominantly in and around um leah great and then all of a sudden, we're no longer at Leon. Well, since then, and this is kind of that running kind of running joke we have is, oh, next season will get easier. Well, it never does because we're always moving. We're always creating new sets. We're always creating, um, uh, uh, we have to find new locations. We have to find new actors because we have, the, Diana brings in so many new characters with so many uh, vibrant and rich storylines that you can't just, jettison them you can't just get rid of them because they affect jamie and claire so much that we have to tell them we we have to give william a story we have to give roger and brie a story they have to play the story because they all dovetail at the end back to jamie uh, not necessarily at the end they all dovetail back to jamie and claire at some point um and the other the other question i get quite a bit is very personal to the question asker is why didn't you do my favorite scene? I love this part of the book. You didn't do it. I love that part of the book. You didn't do it. And, and it is tough. And, and I've said this multiple times before. There are a lot of scenes in the book that I truly really just resonate with me. And I just, Oh, wow. That's a great scene. And they don't end up in the show. And the reason being is, and I know I get to, you know, make the, the final determination. Hey, this, you know, I love this scene so much. It's going to go on the show regardless of what anybody else thinks or what the story needs. And I can't think like that. I can't do that. That's not fair to the story. And at the end of the day, you have to tell the story we can tell. Not the story the books can tell, because I said, we don't change the book stories. The book story are the book story. You can always go to your bookshelf, read it again, feel something great that that, that the scene you read or the whole book, you know, you're going to feel something great. We're, we're not that. We're, we're the Outlander TV show, and we can only do so much. We only have so much time. We only have access to so many actors, you know, and um we obviously we try to do our best. So there are scenes that I, I really like from the books or I love and, and they don't end them the show because they don't fit where we're going in that moment. We keep a board in the room and they're all the cool scenes that we hope to get to. And a lot of times over the course of the season, 
will put them in. They may not go in the exact spot from the book, but we try to fit them in. And that's always a brief. You know, when we talk in the room, when we're uh, breaking these stories, it's always a brief of, hey, what about what about that scene from, you know, Dragonfly? Oh, yeah. Hey, that's a good scene. Can we fit that in? Can we do a flashback? Can we do a flash forward? Can we do a flash sideways? Can we get it in? Because it's so cool. And we try. And sometimes we do. And and a lot of times we, we can't. There's multiple things that, that go into um, scheduling. Uh, scheduling a, a show this vast and and and, and with all the moving parts um, is is uh, to put it lightly, it's very challenging. And we have a great producer um, whose name's Patrick Conroy, who does all the scheduling for us. And he's been, uh, he was an, if you, you'll recognize the name because he was an AD for years on the show. We moved him up to a uh, producer because he is a, just a magician when it comes to scheduling. And you could come to him and go, hey, one of the actors, you know, uh, tested positive for COVID. They, they're not available for the next 10 days. Start juggling. So we start moving things around and moving things. And there's a trickle down. There's always a trickle down effect, you know, that you throw a pond, uh, rock in a pond and you watch the ripples just go. And well, that's that's one little thing. You lose a, a location, you lose an actor, you lose, you know, um, uh, something's going on with the weather. Any of that affects the schedule and you have to rejigger and and try to figure out how to fit the things. And sometimes you can never get back to a location again one-off so um i know i'm i'm whining about all the challenges but the rewards are i believe we have one epics i'm gonna keep using it sam uh, was talking about i watched the interview with sam and he was talking about how epic the season is and i'm going to ride his coattails on that and say i truly believe it's an epic uh season as well that we have taken all the elements of these books and and built out what what we think what, what I, I know the actors have talked about it quite a bit um are uh very very proud of and i know that those of us who work behind the scenes are also very proud of it um and it, it's the reward at the end of the day for me is always um not i don't want I know everybody in the whole world's not going to love it. You can't, you can't write like that. You can't try to produce like that because that's just not going to be the case. It's like making a meal. Someone's going to, Oh my God, this is the best, you know, chicken noodle soup I've ever tasted. And someone goes, Oh, yeah, man, it's all right. You know, my grandmother makes better, which she probably does. But the point being is it doesn't diminish that that one person who loved it, loved it. And if we can keep up, the way we're going uh there's a there's there's a lot of people that that are are liking the show so that's you know well that I'm, I'm talking from season six i don't know yet for season seven you know knock on wood hopefully uh, hopefully you guys are liking it um anyway uh oh this is funny we we, <laughs> we uh when we did this scene that line about who doesn't call first wasn't in the show. And when we watched the cut, um, it kind of bothered us that that Roger doesn't react to this guy kind of insinuating himself into their um, dinner plans. And uh, we we asked Roger or we asked Richard to do an ADR line of, you know, well, who doesn't call for and he just nailed it. And it makes me smile every time I hear it. Um, so. Uh, one of the one of the I, I mentioned this um, in a in an interview I did quite a while ago um, about uh, Lollybrock. Um, as you know, this is Lollybrock. It's a real place. It's a, not a set that we built. It's a it's a Mid Hope Castle. And when you know when we first started filming there, it was you know 
relatively simple to find the time, you know, our, our locations manager would go and schedule. It was no problem. And as the years have, have gone on, because it's become such an iconic location that, that more and more and more tourists go to see it. And there's tour buses and there's schedule, certainly during the summer when people plan trips to come out and do the Outlander tour. Well, Lollybrock's, you know, first and foremost on it. And we're finding that we're having a really hard time getting in to to <laughs> to um, film the show. The, the, the irony is just dripping. You know, we can't get in to film the show that made the location famous because people want to see the location because of the show. Wrap your head around that. Anyway. That's why a lot of times you'll see in these in these episodes that we're outside for a moment and then we pop inside because all this stuff is on stage. The inside is on the stages. So we control that. Obviously, you control the weather. You can film anytime. It doesn't have to match anything. You know, it, it works out perfect. It's getting that time to uh, film at Midhope that becomes problematic because you don't just show up say we're filming on thursday well you don't show up on thursday uh it takes at least a week to dress it so you got to get we got to get cleared out you got to clean it up you got to dress it and then um uh we come in with you know base camp gets put up that you know and then you you film on that thursday let's say and then when that's done we hope that we usually try to stay a couple days and get a lot of stuff but then you tear it all down and it takes another week. So you have to kind of block out a few weeks for filming in, in, in this type of location. And that's become more and more challenging as, um, as the series goes on. So uh, other locations have, have been um, like that as well. You know, we, we've, we've run into that, the, what they call the outlander effect. Um, uh price of our our own success so to speak but you know I, I i wouldn't want it any other way um one of the things about um the kids in the in the book there's a there's a, a two-year gap so they go back in the book and then they the diana jumps forward in the book a couple of years there's not a lot told about what happens after mandy gets fixed so we to to follow that we did the same thing and then the, the kids obviously grew up a little bit and then uh, as those experienced television watchers know that a lot of times uh, television kids grow exponentially faster than normal uh, uh, human kids uh, television kids age kind of almost like uh, in dog years so every one year uh, they they grow a little faster and it's just because um, kids change. And, and they do grow and they, um, and, uh, so it, it's just this weird dynamic anyway. So Mandy, uh, obviously, um, grew up a little bit, uh, and it, she, she does also in, in the book, um, we ran into some issues. There was some moment, um, uh, in, in a future episode where Mandy has to do something very physical and we were like, I don't know sure if the actors could actually do that and it doesn't make sense. And so what, again, what you could do in a book is, is very different than what you could do in real life because of all the limitations that you have in, in real life. Um, going back to these camps, building the camps, uh, it was, uh, important. We wanted it to make it feel real. Of course, we wanted to give the actors the ability to roam around, kind of go where they wanted to in this in this camp. And then what we do is to make it look bigger, we extend that out in visual effects. So when you see deep off into uh, the camp over the wider shots or the overhead shots, we build those out with uh, uh, visual effects. Got to say, um, you know, I don't I don't play favorites a lot, but got to love Jamie in this uh in this, you know, rifleman's uh, garb, shirt, whatever you want to call it, uh, he he carries it well. He could put Sam in a burlap sack and he would look good. But same with 
uh, obviously Katrina, she looks, they look great in any costume they wear. But um, this, uh, this season, uh, Jamie's had so many, he has so many cool outfits and uh, costumes that he's, he's, um, you know, and I'll, I'll give you a little spoiler. It only gets better. Um, there's some stuff in, in the back half that's so cool. I saw some, you know, we get the, uh, Trisha sends us photos and, and we see, you know, Sam prior to, to any filming and you go, Oh, Molly, that's going to be great. Um, so, um, those of you who listen to the podcast, a lot of good stuff coming. Um, I like that one of the cool things we did with costume is we tried to find, um, real you know reasons to get uh jamie and roger in kilts again scotland is such a big part of the show and the scottish culture that we want to find a way to do it and we think we found some really organic ways to do that um and and i know that um uh, those of you who are going to be listening to this podcast uh will wonder well hey the, the battle of saratoga is this is a big battle how come you're not showing it and uh, my comment on that is uh, patience. Patience. A lot of this season is it has to do with with uh, patience. But I I always say when I tease things, if I didn't know um, that there was a reward at the end of that, I wouldn't do it. I don't like. A person who teases and then doesn't give the the teasee anything at the end, then it's just mean. And um, although I'm sure there's some people in the world that would call me mean, I I I I try to reward patience. And um, I think when all said is done at the end of this season, collectively there will be, um, you know a reward for the people that that have the patience to um wait for it i know anticipation is a double-edged sword you both it feels good to anticipate but if it lasts too long then it feels painful well um we tried to create during this season a real balance a roller coaster ride so to speak and and if you you know picture a roller coaster or imagine you on the last one you ever rode is there's a lot of, you know, as many downs, you know, that exciting adrenaline rush you have because you're just flying into a, you know, a, a four story drop or in a big loop de loop or something. And all that adrenaline is pumping. There's always a break. And then you go chick, 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 and you catch your breath and you reset. And then, uh-oh, here it comes again. And over the course of the season, that's what we tried to, to do to the story. So you're going to have episodes that are an, um, a, a downhill adrenaline or emotional rush. Episode two was very much like that. It, it In a weird way, it's not, you know, not a car chase or a big fight or a battle, but it's an emotional roller coaster as you're rushing down and you're feeling all these emotions. So you have other episodes that go tick, 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 and get you back up to the top. Episode seven is very much one of those type of episodes. You are from the end of six, you know, you, you, you get to the bottom and now you're going tick, 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 tick. And we're setting a whole bunch of stuff up that, will not only come in eight, but will trickle over into nine and beyond. And it's, that's just how it's done. That's how houses, you know, it's how the house is built and we're building in this episode. So that's why it's very heavy in this particular story of Roger Bree, Rob Cameron and Buck, because it needed, we needed to get you to the, to the top of the roller coaster um, so we could rush down in uh, uh, episode eight. So patience is is 
when we probably could have called this a practical guide for um, people who are really, really uh, patient. And um, it, 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 to me, it's a very, it's a strong episode. It's a lot of good performances. The, the camera work and uh, cinematography is, I think, you know, fantastic. Um, love this. We wanted to get another show, but we couldn't get the rights to it. A lot of those things happen. Um, I always um, hear, you know, Diana uses specific songs and things um, and shows in the book. And we always try to, to get those. And uh, a lot of times we can't, we can't get the rights to it. We can't use them. They won't let us, you know, the, um, but you know, they're, they're out of our budget. And there, there's a lot of reasons why we can't licensing is mostly the reason why you just can't get them licensed. So uh, we wanted to use uh, uh, obviously Buck uh, Rogers here, but we, we couldn't. So we found something else. Um, Blake six or Blake seven. I can't remember the, the number, but it's, it, it, it serves very much the same purpose. Um, but uh, I, I, I wish, you know, I mean, a lot of times when there's a Beatles song mentioned, you, you know, you get a lump in your throat and go, well, that's never going to happen. We ask, we try, but it's usually not feasible. So that's why we, in the, in the past, we've used alternate songs. And then if they're, if I'm answering, I know those questions come up. I'm answering the question is that's the collective reason. There's multiple reasons why we don't use those songs, but we always try first to get the songs or the television show or whatever, um, uh, whatever is you know in the books that sometimes we can sometimes um we can't um i think we talked a little bit about uh this caravan or uh, trailer in the back why we used it it really helped us um when we put it up it helped us you know we covered up a lot of lollybrox so that brings the dressing time down you come in you drop this thing down and it covers up half the you know half the dooryard and you don't have to dress it uh, as 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 much. I mean, there's still a lot of work. Don't don't get me wrong, um, but it also gave us an alternative spot in the studio, where when they go into the caravan, that's also in the studio, and we can film there. So it gives us anytime we can get stage time, it protects us from the weather. So um, you know, when you film in a place like you know Southern California. Weather's not really on your mind. You know, it's going to be 75 um, and sunny nowadays. You know, it's really more like 95 um, and sunny. That's one of our shots from uh, the main title, which fell in love with. Um, and you don't have to worry, but we have to worry about uh, the, the weather quite a bit. And it's more not that, hey, it's going to rain. We shoot in the rain all the time or it might snow or whatever. It's continuity. It's trying to say you're two days out somewhere and it pours rain one day and it's sunny the next, which happens all the time in Scotland. And you go, oh, okay, well, this, the scenes are never going to match up. So that's really the big problem. Obviously, getting back to Scotland for Scotland is a dream of ours because, well, look, it's gorgeous. There's, there's so much um, beautiful scenery. It's the roots of the show. Anytime... Anytime we can get back to Scotland is is fantastic. Uh, Scotland for Scotland, and you know we those of us who read you know the books all the way through early on, we knew we were going to get to this, and we knew this was going to be exciting for the show. And those are the the, the fans that really love the the to vicariously go to Scotland through the show. Um, we were excited about this and finding the right location. And I talked about this uh, a couple podcasts ago and. We, um, when we first, you know, see, uh, the dam and, um, again, we, you know, to get out there, but because this is a working dam, we had to go up there and film all the dam scenes out in one, in, in one shot. We, we didn't, we weren't going back multiple times. So where it appears in, in, uh, an earlier episode that was all filmed at the exact same time. And for 
what becomes difficult about that is when you get cuts, when you see the work from uh, the fully assembled episodes, you go, oh, wait, maybe this doesn't work. Well, we're not we're not going to go back up there. And so we have to kind of figure out a way how to make it work. Can we can we reshoot something in a different location that looks like that? That's not so far away from our studio can. And, you know, this is obviously a ways from our studio. So we try to generally stay within a certain zone. There's a zone around the studio and we try to stay in there when we're doing location shoots. But we found as Outlander moved across um, the story moved to, uh, you know, Georgia, North Carolina, New York, all these other places that we had to kind of extend the reach a little bit because where our studio is um, doesn't necessarily look like any of those places I just said. So um, it's, uh, uh, it's way easier when it's Scotland gets to play herself. And uh, I've said this before, you know, you can, when you can walk out the back door and, you know, you have multiple locations to choose from, it it makes it, it makes it less challenging. We uh, oh, there's a kilt. I can I have to say you can almost never go wrong with a kilt. It just it just works. You know I think Roger obviously wears it well. We know that that Jamie um, looks fantastic in a kilt, and it it's part of our DNA, the television show, part of our DNA. And we always constantly look for ways to, to bring back the kilt. Um, uh, and it, but it has to be authentic. It can't just be, you know, Jamie going to cut wood and he's like, hey, I feel like wearing a kilt today. Uh, although I'm sure, you know, no one would be bothered by that, but it's, it does have to fit the story. And I think organically this year, we've really found a lot of great ways to, um, to incorporate um, uh, the kilts back in. Uh, it's, it's odd. So, you know, I mean, multiple meetings for every episode that we go into and you have a, uh, you see on your schedule, you know, kilt meeting and, on any other show, you would go, what in the world? But on Outlander, it's just like, you know, at any other meeting you go, uh, uh, you go to. This is very natural. Um, we have a lot of those meetings uh, in prep where you see it on the schedule and, you know, this, some ridiculous names for the meetings because we're doing some things that only outlander does and that's what makes the show unique and um uh and also challenging um i think one of the the coolest things about outlander for those of us in on the on the production side is that you don't get the kind of things we do on the average show. And I'm not talking about, you know, another monster show like, you know, Game of Thrones or something like that. You know, those, they, they do, they, they're in this, uh, similar predicament and challenges that, w that we do. Um, and, but a lot of shows just are in, you know, one setting, one place, one locale, one town, one whatever, and they don't move. And, and that becomes, um, uh, you know, there's, there's challenges that come along with that too. I mean, you got to make sure the stories are dynamic, make sure that the new stories coming into this old place um, have feel fresh and new and exciting. So uh, we have the luxury of moving a lot and seeing new things and, you know, building new sets and, and there's newness in that, but the challenge is we have to be able to do that over and over and over and over again. Um, and then, and then there's also the bringing in the new characters, the Bucks and the Rob Camerons and even um, the William, who's who's oddly enough, a new character, even though he's an old character. We've seen him grow up, but his story was only in moments, you know, with with 
uh, Jamie and, and, and as when he was a groom or when John and William come to uh, Fraser's Ridge, he gets the measles and Jamie takes him, you know, Fritz, all that. Those are one-offs. So, and you know, it's a one-off, but now we have a character arc um, that we have to create because this character is extremely important to Jamie and Claire. So we have to make this person a real person. You want to care about him because Jamie cares about him because Claire cares about him. Uh, this moment right here, uh, of course, uh, could be controversial. I don't know. We'll find out when it airs. But um, we were watching the scene. And honestly, I don't remember who put the song in. And I know that I'd seen the cut and I wanted something extra here and uh i know merrill and i talked about it and then we talked with post and somebody put this somebody found this song and i thought there's no way we get it this is not going to be we'll never get it and then we double checked and you know i like to be at least try to get uh, authentic and we've discovered that you know since we're in 1980 this song didn't uh, come out until 81 but you know i don't know if this is december 1980 and the song came out in january 81 i don't know and to me that was close enough and and there are a lot of close enoughs in television and uh and film so to me this was close enough it it really builds the um the dynamic of the scene and it also doesn't take away from the dialogue it doesn't take away from and then you get, of course, the drum solo, which, you know, come on, it's the drum solo. And, uh, you know, when the song enhances and, and complements the scene, that's when we use it. If it distracts and takes away, we try not to. We all consensus, everybody who saw this, from, you know, all the producers, studio network, we all thought that it complemented the scene, complemented the performance. So we used it. And we all know that there's a minor continuity issue with the date that it came out. But I justify it like this. Maybe the BBC or not. Uh, yeah, the BBC Scotland got a demo of it and they put it out before it was ever put out on a vinyl. So there you go. That's my justification. Um, uh, so going back to. Uh, the challenges and the roller coaster and um, uh, episode seven. We were we we really knew that this episode was going to be that that tick 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 getting to the uh, to the top because what's going to come in episode eight um, uh, that you'll see next week uh, and when you're listening to this or you'll. It'll be next week. It's not next week when I'm saying this, um, but uh, it's it's going to tie up a lot of things. It's going to start in a lot of new things. And there's kind of that excitement knowing that. And that's the anticipation. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd read a study once, and I'll make this as short as humanly possible, that uh, people were offered um, uh, something free. Um uh, if, if, you know, they were doing a, some kind of test and they could, their reward was you can have it now, or you could have it in a month. And the majority, the real study was, wasn't what the test was. It was actually to see what they picked. And the majority of the participants picked a month. And when the researchers asked why they said, well, we want to think about it. We want to anticipate it. We want to, we want to, you know, get ready. We won't just want to waste it. And, and I've always remembered that. And anticipation is such a big part of storytelling, you know, and it's in the books. Diana just doesn't give you everything on page one through 10. You got to wait. She parses this out beautifully over the course of, you know, 800, 900 pages, you know, you got to wait for it. And sometimes she makes you wait another book. So we try to do the same thing. You don't get it all in one big rush. So we know that, um, uh, there's a battle, there's battles coming and um, 
goes back to that word patience. And there's in the world of television, a lot of times is give them everything right now. Cause we don't want to lose the audience. And I think our audience, we've built our audience over the course of the years. We've, we've exponentially grown and grown and grown and grown over the years. We are way bigger than we were when we started. And I think a lot of that has to do with, with you guys, with, with our audience telling people and look, we're distracted. Hey, I don't like this episode. I don't like, you know, and there's a lot of times I get a meal and I don't like everything on the plate. Doesn't mean the whole meal is bad. It just means I don't necessarily like that. And it doesn't mean that other people don't like what's on the plate. So we also know that there are going to be people that love certain moments and there's going to be people that don't like them. And that's that's one of the the biggest challenges in being um, uh, in this business is you have to accept the fact that not everybody's going to like what you do. And, you know, the majority of the people are happy and the show keeps going. Then, you know, you're doing at least a decent job. Uh, this was a hard moment uh to to do a lot of these guys what we did is we filmed certain aspects and then we added visual effects to make it look like we had more people than we did because you know building out these armies is very time consuming there's a lot of people that have to dress and hair and makeup and costume all these people and you imagine if we have 100 people out there well there's also 100 crew doing the work too so it becomes a a, a massive undertaking um, and then, you know, when there's action involved, meaning there's battles, there's uh, uh, conflict, you know, then there's stunts involved and we have to uh, rehearse all that. So, uh, of course, a, a massive machine, a lot of moving parts, a lot of little parts, a lot of big parts, and each one matters. You take one little cog out of this and um, it goes away. This was... Uh, really sad i i don't uh um that always was heartbreaking to me but it was necessary in william's story and what what we've come to and why we're showing this um in 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 kind of detail is over the course of his arc he's glorified war he's only read about it he's only heard about it it's always glorious and honorable and the thing to do and your duty and do it for your country and all this. And then his best friend gets killed and he's seeing it at first hand. The other thing that when I saw this cut and this was really done well, this was a, a fantastic a Joss who um, was the director on this Joss Agnew. He did a really, really good job. Uh, fantastic. He had a lot of moving parts, got so much coverage. You feel like you're really in it, but there was a, there was a piece that I felt, that I really wanted um, in, in William's arc. And, and I hope people pick up on it and you're, you've already watched it. So I can say it here that there's a moment in Culloden where this kind of happens to Jamie is he, he charges. And, and I wanted that moment where William's blood, the blood of his blood is coming out that that he's kind of slowly, as much as he loves his father, his his um, uh, his guardian, Lord John Gray, who's raised him, he really the blood of Jamie Fraser courses through him, and I wanted to feel it. I wanted to see it that 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 part of him is going to come out naturally when instincts come out, and and so we we did some. Uh, kind of maneuvering and 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 uh, reshooting and, and gathered some stuff where hopefully that comes out and we see the um that this is also really jamie fraser's son so because the argument of nature versus nurture is part of his story and and it will be and it will continue on throughout the season um and that was a big, uh, uh, kind of a big deal for me. And I think a lot of people who were, um, uh, uh, on, you know, like I said, on this side of the camera, who wanted to kind of see that naturally come out. 
And I didn't think, you know, and, and, and Charles, we didn't, you don't get a lot of takes when you're out there. You don't get a lot of time because you have so many moving parts. You got to get so much coverage. You just don't have a lot of time to get all the little nuances. So I wanted that nuance. So I asked them to go do it again. And, and they did, they didn't do the whole thing. They just did parts of it. And, and I think Charles just absolutely nailed it. And I talked to him about, you know, uh, what Sam did in Culloden, how he portrayed it. And we wanted to bring that out. And I know that Josh talked to him about it too. And we really wanted um, uh, uh, that arc to come out. And that's where we're, you know, I'm not hiding it. That's where we're going with this because so much happens in the back to half that um, uh, uh, where it all, you know, um, uh, well, I'm not going to say, you know, some of you probably already know where we're going, what's going to happen. Hopefully we can give it to you in an unexpected way. And you'll feel all the emotion, or at least some of the emotions you felt when you read it. Um, of course, you know, as as we know in the in the books, uh, um, this this happens in the books, and we were trying to figure out um, uh, because in, you don't have the caravan in the books. We we're trying to figure out how do we get how do we make this all work, and there was a little bit of a dance trying to make it putting all those pieces together and um uh it didn't it wasn't reasonable that that they thought buck did it it just wasn't in the shooting um so we kind of that element faded out um and, and sorry i'm, I'm going to take a drink now not whiskey I do promise that during one of these podcasts, I will, uh, I will um, have some whiskey. I have actually a bottle of uh, uh, Sassanac that uh, that I got, and um, I'm not. This is not an you know, um, I'm not. This is not a paid advertisement for uh, Sam's whiskey, but um, I will, uh, <laughs> I will partake in that during one of the podcasts. Um, drink responsibly. Just remember. Um, and I think while you're doing a podcast, that's fairly responsible because I've been doing it for years. And I just sit in, in my office and and uh, I don't go anywhere. Um, I digress back to this. So these kinds of scenes are always tough because you got two people in a car and they're not really driving a car. So the stuff you see outside is visual effects. And again, John Neal, our visual effects supervisor, is so fantastic that he he goes over these over and over again to make it feel like it's real. And when I don't notice it or when you don't notice it, that's when I know it's great. Back to the stones. So, of course, um, those of you that, that know where these are, these are nowhere near our studio. So going back up there is always uh, a challenge. So you try to build out where you're at the stones for multiple episodes or at least multiple scenes and you can kind of do them all. Um, what really helps is nighttime scenes because then you can obfuscate, you can almost do this in a lot of places. Um, and, uh, uh, but that was not the case. Uh, the Tufty badge, this was one of those things where you go, oh, season four, you hear about Tufties and stuff and it came back and, and it worked out so nice because we wanted to have something very visceral for him to have. Um, uh, again, these scenes where it, they, in a weird way, it, it feels like this very intimate, small scene, but you have this huge dressing that you have to do for this moment. There's, you know, they had to come in, they had to dig, they had to build the grave. They, you know, all these bodies it's just a massive undertaking for what what amounts to you know a two-minute scene um and that's always the case on our show so we have to look at that all the time certainly when we look at a book scene we go can we do it exactly like the book and you go well uh diane has a lot of characters here or you know i'm not sure we can get that space or we have enough you know crew to take care of all the extras that we have or the essays as they say in the uk it's uh, sporting artists we call them extras here in the united states um so uh 
all those things are always a concern, but this ended up something really uh, beautiful. I love the moment for me personally, he gets in there and he helps. It's very reminiscent of, of a Jamie moments, you know, where we've seen Jamie just get to it, you know, where it's, you know, clearing the rocks when he was at Ardsmere, you know, take, you know, and, and taking his punishment for his man, you know, just all those little things that you go, Oh, maybe that really is Jamie Frazier's son. You know, you really see that coming out and it's not to diminish what Lord John has done over the years, but it's that, that, that powerful DNA that runs through William uh, that, that ultimately, you know, uh, that William can't deny, you know, and, and that he has to look himself in the mirror and deal with as the story goes on. And, and I think that is said, we're setting that up here. And of course, you know, um, I do know that Jamie and Claire are not um, a big part of this episode, but that was very much uh, planned and it's not to um, diminish them in any way. It's to set up these other characters that are so important to Jamie and Claire, not only in just the next episode, but as, as the season goes forward without knowing this or without knowing what happens with uh, Roger Bree and Rob Cameron. Then the stories that are to come, the plot, the the point, uh, plot points to come, won't be meaningless. And again, we're trying to take as much straight from the books as possible, and um, and then make them work in our context. Meaning, you know, with our the ability to produce those moments, and with the actors we have, and the sets that we have, and the locations that we have. So um, it, it's it's always going to be a challenge. Um, as I say, uh, a lot of time, uh, you don't always, uh, get what you want, but you get what you need. And the story needed this at this moment. Um, and I don't, I'm not being flippant. I'm not being dismissive. I'm just saying this story needed, this story needed to be told here. And then we leave you with this, this fantastic cliffhanger. And, and you may think, oh, I'm not going to get the story, but you know, patience. You just might. Anyway, I want to say thank you for uh, joining me on another podcast. Um, always fun talking about the show. Um, I, like I said, I've been trying to dig through a lot of the questions that you guys have asked over the years and, and you know, answer them in, in some um, coherent way over the course of these podcasts. But uh, wherever you are in the world, um, have a good evening. Have a good morning. Have a good day. And uh, hopefully you'll join me on uh, the next podcast for episode uh, 708. Anyway, till next time. Bye-bye.